back to the Unlimited Podcast. Today we're speaking to visual artist Christopher Samuel, Hassan Al-Zafar and Shiro Masayama. First we spoke to Christopher Samuel about the archive of the Unseen. Can you uh, introduce yourself and talk about what kind of work you make as an artist? Well, hello, I'm Christopher Samuel. I'm an artist that makes work about disability and identity politics, um, which often kind of echoes many facets of my own lived experience. Uh, I do it in a way I'm constantly kind of seeking to understand my own identity as a disabled person and kind of the inequalities and marginalization um, that I encounter. Um, I often respond with humor um, and urgency um, as an approach. Um, and also my work, I kind of try to thrive on make, making my work accessible to everybody and by that I mean anybody can understand it you don't need to be looking at art regularly to get my work okay that's great can you tell us the name of the work that you're showing at the festival and describe it bearing in mind that they won't be able to see it or be there so the name of the work is archive of an unseen so I'm going to describe it in two ways first so the original piece it takes the form of a microfilm reader and a microfilm reader looks like a a computer old school computer on a desk big monitor on a table um, and aesthetically it looks like each panel is in bold colors pink orange yellow blue so on um, with bold black lines around the edges but for the festival it's going to take the form of it's going to be viewed on a computer in the Royal Festival Hall um, level 2 but it's going to the way visitors interact with it is the archive is built up of a series of different themes so when you log onto the screen you'll be greeted by an introduction screen and I'll give you a brief introduction about um, the work itself the archive is based on my life story growing up as a black disabled working class boy in the 80s through to the 90s um, and it consisted it consists of medical documentations um, the school reports um, housing letters social services letters um, hospital appointments um, me talking about my experience or certain parts of my experience um, um, yeah, but, and that's split up into different thematics. So at the beginning stage, it's pre-diagnosis, then it goes into diagnosis, then it goes to early stages, 
um, pinnacles, to on the move um, schools, um, and leaving school, so on. So yeah, you've talked about already kind of how it, it's kind of inspired by sort of your experiences and how it felt to be you know disabled and black and kind of kind of not seeing yourself I guess you know in a lot of these kind of archives can you talk a little bit more about particularly like the welcome collection and why you were interested to work with the welcome collection so originally uh, I saw an opportunity for a research bursary of unlimited and welcome so I applied and I was lucky enough to to, 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 to be selected um what interested me was I love medical stuff. That's that's part. Of, that's been a big part of my life. Anyway, um, I could tell you my history off the back of my hand, like it was nothing. Um, so I wanted to know more about what they had, but what they didn't have. So my original question was for the research was, is my lived experience um, represented in the Welcome Collection? And lo and behold, it wasn't. Um, and so as I delved deeper, I, was, I noticed that certain themes were just happening. So it's just medical case. Um, the medical case, not uh, uh, the medical model, is the like, prehistoric medical case was in full effect uh, and then the medical model also but the fact that there was no real first person experience and there was no one with my lived experience black or white or whatever there was none of that so for me that was quite alarming because if this period is not documented what does it mean to not be documented and uh, what does it mean to be misunderstood or represented by someone who doesn't have the experience the experience so um, so then I kind of another opportunity came about to maybe apply for a commission to make a piece in response to the, the welcome collection and again I was fortunate enough to be selected for the main commission and I proposed to make my own archive based on my own lived experience uh, using my own medical documentation uh, um, testimonies, family testimonies doctors speaking to my specialists neurologists who have looked after me for 20 to 30 years or more um, um, family members working with the therapist um, getting hold of my um, nine volumes of medical records um, um, finding the, using photos speaking with my mum school reports, all of the stuff that my mum had been collecting, uh, which I thought, why? Why are you collecting this stuff? <laughs> but again, she passed away during the process of 
making the work and that kind of shifted the work itself and how I wanted to initially kind of deliver it uh, but before she passed I had confirmation that I wasn't imagining certain things and the other disabled people that I interviewed also validated their experience that like, okay we're talking about the same thing uh, so yeah that kind of kind of made me have more conviction in in my story and owning it I think I think uh, it's growing up as a British black person kind of been programmed not to moan uh, and this is quite personal this is the most personal piece of work I've made uh, and even thinking about it and people viewing it still makes me feel quite vulnerable do you have any kind of ideas about what you'd like to do with this work in the future to develop it or other places you'd like it to be seen so I think in terms of other places you know, I'd like, to keep, like it to be seen is schools, disabled schools, schools for children with different conditions and disabilities. I think it would be important for them to see that. I think medical students or, like for instance, Loughborough University and training doctors, who I just gave a, a lecture to training doctors about Archive of the Unseen and libraries, um, different galleries or Leicester. I wanted to talk, but in terms of the development of it, this is one small section of my life. Very small section. For me, long term, there's other sections that I want to develop uh, and make into another piece of work. Thanks, Christopher. Next, we spoke to Hassan El-Safar about his work here, Hearing Extinction and Audiological Relapse. Could you firstly kind of introduce yourself, tell us your name, uh, describe yourself as an artist and what kind of work you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Hassan El-Safar. Um, my main work in the artist um, is um, in kind of multidisciplinary, intersectional kind of art forms. So I started off in theatre. Uh, but then, uh, broadly speaking, now I've got into the kind of uh, kind of abstract art, uh, and the latest piece, which was commissioned by um, by Unlimited and the Art House, was actually an audio projection immersive experience. So, um, in terms of my background, I, I was actually a science teacher, so a lot of my art is kind of like exploring the intersection between science and the humanities and the arts in general. So, I would say that that is probably my kind of USP in the sense of bridging the gap between science and humanities and taking ideas from science uh, and showing how that could be represented or explored through artistic mediums. Great, so can you tell us about the work that's at the festival? Can you tell us the name of it first of all and describe it bearing in mind that you know we can't see it right now? Yeah absolutely, so um, the, the title of the piece is called Here um, which is uh, spelled as as in hearing, so H-E-A-R, which also an acronym to hearing extinction and, and audiological relapse. Now, um, essentially, this piece is um, an audio projection piece, 
which uh, allows users to explore three different environments, um, three different ecosystems. Those ecosystems are the mangrove forests, the rainforests, and woodlands. And what we do is we take people on a journey to hear what these places sounded like, what life sounded like in these places um, 200 or so years ago before the advent of man-made interventions and um, a human-induced climate uh, activity uh, and essentially what they sound like today as an impact of climate change, uh, climate catastrophe, reduction of biodiversity, but also there's a little twist. The twist is what they hear like today uh, with people who experience sense of neural hearing loss uh, and so we really wanted to play around with um, this idea of bioacoustics, the sounds of life, uh, and the idea that uh, as a species go extinct in an environment and ecosystem, their sounds leave too. But in a similar vein, as you lose your hearing, certain frequencies and pitches go extinct in the sense that you can't hear them anymore. So we played around with those two ideas and we created a space in which uh, people could experience in a minute way what we were seeing and that is aided the sounds are then very much aided with um, projections so if you imagine going into a place for people who are listening in now you essentially go into a black box uh, and you will see uh, essentially uh, three different veils in front of you and through those veils there was a projection and through those projections complementing those projections would be the sounds of the ecosystem and the narrative of the story of the individual you're about to hear who lives in that ecosystem so can you talk a bit about how you came to this idea? Does it relate to things you've done before or is it a subject you've been interested in for a long time? Yeah, so I think that I, there was a personal journey to this. Uh, it was very, it's actually probably one of the most personal pieces I've done as someone who um, now wears hearing aids very often due to my own hearing loss. Um, I'm also a, a very keen outdoor explorer. Uh, and I think the, the, this idea probably was triggered by, at one point, me hiking through the outdoors, probably the Peak District, uh, and then putting my hearing aids on and just witnessing how much sounds I was missing out on, even though I thought I was hearing the world, I clearly was missing so much. Um, and then there's also a personal journey in the sense of, uh, I'd worked in the mangrove forests in one of my very early stages of career as a science educator out there and um, explain the, the hidden impacts of um, urbanization in places across the world and the impact that that's had on natural ecosystems on the coastal lines. So there, were, there was that element. And then also, um, it's also the first piece that I've been actively being able to independently work with scientists and artists as a creative producer, in a sense, and bring active researchers. So Dr. Cindy Cossette, who was involved in this, project is an active researcher who goes out to the Borneo rainforest, literally gathers data from birds and orangutans and insects and lizards uh, and comes back and does her research in the UK and bridging that weird fantastic composers like Leah Fenn who works in theatre and, and in composition in various different contexts. So there was, element, there was an element of the idea coming from myself but then also this passion I have for bringing artists of different disciplines and scientists and other people from different backgrounds together because also Will Monks was involved in this project and Kevin Jenkins uh, as well as projection designer and set designer respectively uh, and really creating a creative room where ideas which I have are able to be propagated and essentially uh, brought to life in, in a really fantastic way. 
Well, that goes really nicely to my last quick question, which is kind of where you would want this to go in the future. Kind of, you know, what, how would you develop it? You know, are there other places you'd really like it to go and be seen, either in the country or elsewhere in the world? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, I would love it to go to as many places as possible. Um, I would love it to go to communities that don't traditionally engage with, with art. Um, um, and so as, as, as the current plan stand, it's going to the South Bank Centre and just before the South Bank Centre, it's going to this big feast festival. Um, uh, I haven't started negotiations yet, but I'd love to kind of start negotiations with like theatres and, um, and also international festivals uh, to kind of, because the piece is very, very, very tourable. It's, you know, the ability to take it up and pick it up and take it other places is very easy. All the materials used in the piece were sustainable and can be kind of sourced sustainably in anywhere in the world, essentially. It's essentially bamboo sticks and, and pieces of scrap, We're essentially. We did made a conscious decision to really have the carbon footprint of this piece to be absolute minimal. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's, there's also an online version of this piece too. It's not without the projections, of course. So you'll be able to hear the sounds and also um, dive into the research on, online. Um, it, it's one of those things where you, it, if you get approached and you create a touring document and you send it out there and we'll, we'll see where it goes. But, uh, but it, it's sitting there as a complete art piece. It can be developed. Uh, you know, many people said, would you like to add like... Uh, choreography to it uh, it can be developed um, uh, but I feel that um, as simplicity is key sometimes and, and the way it exists right now is it's simple it doesn't overwhelm you there's not too much happening um, and it's and it's quite easy tourable so um, let's let's see how it how it fares touring in its existing form but then you know who knows in the, in, in the future there could be um, ways to develop this piece but also I think ways to draw inspiration from this piece to develop other pieces too um, so yeah um, inshallah we'll see what happens thanks Hassan finally we spoke to Shiru Masayama about his artwork Border Sausage hello thank you for joining us and uh, can you tell us your name and what kind of work you make as an artist uh, my name is Shiro Masuyama, uh, Japanese artist based in Belfast, Northern Ireland. That's great. And can you tell us the name of the work that's at the festival? And can you describe it for somebody who can't see it? The name of my work called Brexit Sausages because uh, after Brexit, we cannot actually import sausages from uh, uh, Great Britain to Northern Ireland. Uh, my uh, project is uh, responding to that kind of condition of Brexit. And can you tell us what it looks like? I made uh, eight pieces of uh, big sausage sculpture as a part of a project. I will carry uh, these sculpture with boat from Scotland to Northern Ireland. So will you be photographing it, filming it? Will it be recorded in some way? Uh, I will document uh, uh, my performance uh, with video. 
and uh, I will exhibit actual sausages sculpture and also uh, video documentary as a part of uh, like a uh, festival in South Bank Center in September. So how did you come up with this idea? Where did the idea come from? Mm, when I just uh, kind of researching, uh, when I was researching about uh, Brexit, uh, what kind of problem we are getting. A lot of newspaper uh, was writing about, uh, you know, like uh, sausages, actually. You know, like... Uh, and uh, uh, some local people just complain, like, uh, you know, like, we cannot actually uh, eat a certain type of sausages anymore after Brexit. Né? People complain about that. Né? Like, I just kind of thought uh, it's kind of funny, like, uh, just uh, to... Uh, focus uh, about the sausages for my project. I also aware, like, uh, you know, like, uh, even England, Ireland, uh, people like, like uh, sausages. Like, uh, you know, like uh, Irish breakfast, <laughs> uh, British breakfast, you know, always sausages in the plate. Né? Something I didn't tell you about the project is... Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, actually, I will carry sausage sculpture with a boat, né? and uh, uh, when I carry a sausage with a boat, like, because uh, uh, I just made a sausage with uh, fiberglass, né? and uh, um, uh, inside it is a styrofoam, like, so it's, uh, uh, I can actually float on the sea, né? So uh, I just made eight pieces of sausages. Uh, like uh, each sausage uh, I, I can connect with the cable. Né? So something like uh, when I float a sausage sculpture on the sea, something like uh, looks like a linked sausages. So when I just carry sausages with boat, né? you know, like uh, actually... Uh, yeah, this sausage line also kind of a metaphor of Irish sea border, like a, which is created, which was created after Brexit. Can I ask you a really basic question? The sausage sculptures, how big are they? Uh, something like a, uh, 1.1 meter or something, like a, uh, okay. slightly bigger than one meter. Né? Actually, I will also bring actual sausages. On the Irish Sea, like uh, on the boat, né? Uh, we will have a, a, a sausage barbecue party né? before arriving in uh, uh, Belfast. Né? So people could see, people in uh, maybe coast of Northern Ireland can see uh, our boat and the sausage sculpture. Uh, people can also see we are doing a barbecue. But they can't have the sausages? Uh, because uh, we actually eat all sausages. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because if you don't eat them, they'll need to be inspected, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is something just very funny about 
sausages. I don't know why, but they, they, it's just they are just funny. And when they're big, it's funnier. And it's it doesn't it's it's very silly, but it's it, they are funny. Um, I don't know why. So so for this project, what will be kind of left when you've finished? It will be the sculpture, the video. Um, so sculpture and the video. Uh, the way I represent this project is, uh, you know, like uh, uh, as I said, I will uh, show actual sausage sculpture. Probably, mostly I will hang from uh, ceiling. I, I will hang uh, actually sausage from ceiling. Uh, that looks like a kind of a butcher or something, né? like, a, you know, like a butcher sometimes hanging sausage from a uh, yeah. ceiling or something. Uh, looks like that. Né? And then I will also show the video with uh, actually two channel uh, video installation. And uh, also the same time, né? like uh, in front of video, uh, I will also uh, make a uh, special carpet. Né? On the carpet, I will print a map of Irish Sea. On the Irish Sea, like, uh, I will also mark like, which, uh, which route I just uh, uh, came, uh, came to Belfast. And then on the top of the uh, carpet, actually, I will uh, put, uh, fix some kind of a tiny sculpture of a boat and uh, sausages. So finally, can I ask you what you would like, how you would like people to remember this work once they've experienced it? What would you like the long-term kind of impact of this work to be? Uh, maybe some people don't really get uh, uh, maybe my concept, né? but uh, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, I also believe people can still enjoy what I'm doing. Like, it uh, looks kind of silly. Né? And then, you know, like uh, people also, uh, maybe uh, because people are kind of interested about the sculpture, uh, maybe like uh, if uh, people also see the video, uh, maybe people uh, could uh, maybe understand uh, what uh, I made uh, this sculpture. Né? Uh, so that's kind of thing. Like I made a kind of a layer, uh, several layer for the project. Né? From uh, actual sculpture, maybe uh, uh, kids or people, like a lot of people, like uh, maybe uh, try to approach uh, uh, my work. And then, uh, if people also watch a full video, maybe some people also understand uh, my concept. Thanks, Shiro, and I can't wait for the sausages. This time we've heard about some of the visual artists showing work at the festival. Some of this work will be available remotely, so if you can't get to the festival physically, head to the Unlimited Festival page on the South Bank Centre website. There's a link in the description of this podcast. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back to speak to three more brilliant disabled artists about their work at the festival. Join us then. This podcast has been produced by Unlimited, thanks to funding from the British Council. 
Unlimited is supported by Arts Council England, Arts Council of Wales, Creative Scotland and the Paul Hamlin Foundation.